1: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, Positively FedEx.
2: The concerning news tonight, a more contagious variant of coronavirus is now the most dominant strain here in the U.S., causing a surge of new cases, especially for young Americans. COVID-19 infecting more 12 to 17-year-olds than older Americans. Are youth sports to blame? Plus, we'll tell you the five states where nearly half of all new COVID cases are coming from. A COVID vaccine pill? Could an oral medication replace the needle and be a game changer? And more troubles for AstraZeneca tonight. The possible link between that shot and blood clots. Plus, why did hundreds of people wait in line at this vaccination site just to be turned away vaccine passports the new covid flashpoint some sports venues cruise lines and colleges see proof of a vaccine as the key to getting back to normal faster what about the legal and privacy concerns How fast was Tiger Woods driving? Police say the legendary golfer lost control of his luxury SUV while speeding with his foot on the gas, not the brake, as he crashed his car. Gates under fire. CBS News investigates the Republican congressman's relationship with a political donor and the Bahamas trip they took with female escorts, plus the blanket pardon that Congressman Gates requested from the Trump White House. The border crisis. Is climate change forcing Central Americans to flee to the U.S.? And when Congress is out, the doctor is in, the lawmaker saving lives in his spare time.
3: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's
0: capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with a disturbing setback in the fight against the pandemic. A highly contagious variant of the virus has now taken hold right here in the U.S. And it may be what's causing the surge of new infections, especially in children. Tonight, the CDC saying that the U.K. variant of the virus, which is 50 percent more transmissible than the original strain, is now Dominant across this country, and that is leading to increases in new cases and hospitalizations in young adults, even as more and more older Americans are getting vaccinated. Now, scientists say they are especially worried because they're seeing clusters of cases in people younger than 17 years old. And tonight, the CDC is warning that students shouldn't be playing indoor sports or holding large gatherings, even as they are returning to school. Well, there's also some news tonight about a rare side effect that's now being linked to one of the most popular vaccines worldwide. CBS's Nikki Batiste is following all of these new developments. She's going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York, where infections are rising again. Good evening, Nikki.
1: Nora, good evening. New York is one of just five states making up about half of the country's new COVID cases. That's why communities are adding mobile clinics like these buses behind me in a rush to vaccinate more Americans. Tonight, the fourth surge driven by variants and attacking kids with 44% of all new COVID cases found in just five states. The highest positivity rate, children 12 through 17. And that highly contagious UK variant, now the nation's dominant strain.
4: Across the country, we are hearing reports of clusters of cases associated with daycare centers and youth sports.
1: Public health experts say the variants are more transmissible among kids who in the early days of the pandemic were not seen as high risk for infection or serious illness. In Europe, new concerns over the AstraZeneca vaccine not yet approved in the U.S. Regulators in the U.K. recommending it not be given to anyone under 30. There's a rare link to blood clots in adults. The positives still outweigh the risks with just 79 cases out of 20 million doses given. Blood clotting following vaccination with the AstraZeneca vaccine... Should be listed as possible side effects of the vaccine. Tonight, a disturbing study out of England concerning COVID survivors. It's estimated that more than one third experience long term brain issues. Neurological symptoms include anxiety and mood disorders, and in some patients, even dementia and strokes. There's also hope that one day a pill could replace the needle, an oral vaccine currently being developed and tested at a research
2: institute near Los Angeles. Uh, vaccine that's a room temperature that could be a pill, is life-changing.
1: Even with the U.S. averaging 3 million doses a day, there are still roadblocks. Look at this line in Maryland. People without appointments waited hours to get a shot. The urgency now to protect kids and get them safely back to school. What students have missed over the course of the pandemic is boiled down to three words in the latest Time magazine. The lost year. 17-year-old Twila Joseph is on the cover. I didn't get to take my essay and they kept getting canceled. Am I going to go to
4: college? Am I going to have a job just sitting at home like on your laptop and then going back to sleep every day? It makes you depressed. It makes you feel lonely and it makes you feel unmotivated.
1: One in four adults in the U.S. is now fully vaccinated. And the White House said today half of adults could receive at least one dose by this weekend. Nora,
2: that is some good news. Nikki Batiste, thank you. Well, tonight, there's a growing debate over those vaccine passports, proof that you've had your COVID shot. Some businesses, even cruise lines, are considering mandating them. But opposition is building over privacy and other concerns. CBS's Adriana Diaz reports. To return to scenes like this may first
4: require this a so-called digital vaccine passport, as proof of immunization. At least 17 companies or organizations are developing passport apps, but whether they can be legally required is an open question. Israel has required them for months. Britain is considering the same. But so far in the U.S., only New York has a voluntary passport option.
5: These voyages will sail with fully vaccinated guests and crew.
4: Norwegian Cruise Lines hopes that requiring all crew and guests to be vaccinated will be its ticket
5: to resume sailing from U.S. ports this summer. This is a pandemic. This is a crisis. And uh, it's difficult, if not impossible, to please 100% of the people 100%
4: of the time. But the White House and some governors are hesitant about vaccine passports, citing privacy and civil liberties concerns. You don't want to create separate classes of citizens based on whether somebody received vaccine.
2: And the science is clear.
4: DePaul it. University bioethicist Craig Klugman points out that this immunization card has been required for entry to certain countries since 1969. How difficult is it to strike that balance between public health and individual rights and equity?
2: Which do you value more? the freedom of people to go about and do whatever they want and not worry about the repercussions it could have for other people? Or are we concerned about providing the best health that we can for our community?
4: There are also equity concerns. Digital vaccine passports may be limited to people with smartphones and exclude communities with less access to the vaccine. Here in Chicago, the Cubs tell us they're not requiring vaccine passports and they don't plan to in the future.
2: Nora. But this debate will continue, Adriana Diaz. Thank you. Well, tonight we're hearing from Tiger Woods after the L.A. sheriff said excessive speed caused that devastating crash that left the golf star badly injured just nearly two months ago. Police say Woods was going more than 40 miles an hour over the speed limit and lost control at the curve. CBS's Carter Evans has the new details.
3: Investigators say Tiger Woods was going 87 miles per hour when he lost control. The primary causal factor for this traffic collision was driving at a speed unsafe for the road conditions. The data recorder from the SUV reveals Woods was traveling almost twice the speed limit. He never touched the brakes, but floored the gas pedal, the pressure on the accelerator measuring 99 percent.
5: It is speculated and believed that Tiger Woods inadvertently hit the accelerator instead of the brake pedal.
3: The data recorder also shows Woods may have tried to correct his steering during the crash. The car hit a sign, jumped the median, went airborne and slammed into a tree at 75 miles per hour.
6: There was no evidence of any impairment. There was no odor
5: of alcohol. There were no open containers in the vehicle. And there were no narcotics or any evidence of medication in the vehicle.
3: Investigators did not request hospital toxicology reports or Woods phone records to see if he may have been distracted. Today at the Masters, his close friend Rory McIlroy said he recently visited Woods. You think he's going to be in a hospital bed for six months, but he, you know, he was actually he was doing better than that. And this afternoon, Tiger tweeted he's focusing on his recovery and family. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles.
2: In Minneapolis, another pivotal day at Derek Chauvin's murder trial. The fired officer's lawyer tried to pin some of the blame for George Floyd's death on Floyd himself. CBS's Jamie Ucas is covering the trial. Tonight, prosecutors tried to deflate the defense's
7: argument that George Floyd's drug use caused his death. The defense played video of Floyd resisting police for James Ryerson, the lead investigator in the case.
5: Did
1: you hear that? Yes, I did. Did it appear that Mr. Floyd said, I ate too many drugs? Yes, it did.
7: But prosecutors replayed the video from an earlier point, saying it's open to interpretation.
0: Having heard it in context, are you able to tell uh, what Mr. Floyd is saying there? Yes, I believe Mr. Floyd was saying, I ain't doing no drugs.
7: The drugs in Floyd's system and what he possessed go to the heart of the defense's argument that opioid drugs and underlying health conditions led to his death, not Derek Chauvin's knee. Floyd's autopsy revealed multiple drugs in his system, including fentanyl. CBS News legal expert and analyst Ricky Kleeman. Is it smart for the prosecution to get ahead of this and try to deflate the defense's argument?
1: If the prosecution looks like it's hiding something, the jury will hold that against the prosecutor.
7: Another struggle for prosecutors today, trying to explain why a pill with Floyd's DNA sat unexamined in the back of the police cruiser for about six months. Mackenzie Anderson was the lead crime scene investigator.
1: I obtained a single source male DNA profile that matches George Floyd.
7: Another hit for the prosecution will likely come when the defense presents the jury with a 2019 arrest of George Floyd. It's similar to the one that led to his death a year later. It began with a traffic stop, and while in custody, Floyd told officers that he had swallowed several tablets of Percocet. He was then taken to the hospital that time. Nora?
2: All right, Jamie Yucas, thank you. We want to turn now to a CBS News investigation and allegations that Congressman Matt Gates may have traveled overseas with a donor who's accused of funding the trip and paying for female escorts. The Florida Republican has broadly denied the allegations, but has confirmed that he is under federal investigation. Tonight, CBS News has learned Gates sought a blanket pardon in the waning days of the Trump administration and that the probe into the 38-year-old may now be expanding. Here's CBS's Major Garrett.
6: CBS News has learned that investigators are scrutinizing a trip Congressman Matt Gates took to the Bahamas with this man, Jason Pierrizolo, a marijuana entrepreneur, Orlando hand surgeon and donor to Gates. My name is Dr. Jason Pierrizolo with Orlando Hand Surgery Associates. Multiple sources familiar with the federal probe tell CBS News Pierrizolo and Gates traveled to the Bahamas in late 2018 or early 2019 and Pierrizolo paid for travel expenses, accommodations and female escorts. One key question for investigators, were the women illegally trafficked across state or international lines for the purposes of sex with the congressman? Traveling across state lines is what creates a federal hook for uh, a prosecution. Does it matter whether he paid them or not? It doesn't matter that he personally
5: paid them, as long as he knows someone is
6: doing that. Investigators also want to know if Gates was accepting paid escorts in exchange for political access or legislative favors. In a 2018 podcast, Pierre highlighted Gates's push for legislation expanding federal cannabis research, something that could have been a boon to Pierre and other marijuana merchants. In fact, uh,
5: Congressman Matt Gates is in the process of working on
6: legislation
5: uh, up in Washington, D.C., that will help facilitate research on a nationwide uh, level, and, and we'll, we should see a lot of uh, good benefit from them.
6: Gates introduced the cannabis bill twice, but it never came to a vote. If there's evidence of a quid pro quo uh,
5: that the congressman was provided with, with benefits in return for him
6: sponsoring some legislation that's of interest to the donor, that, that's a federal crime. Pierazzolo did not respond to our repeated attempts to contact him.
7: Dr. Pierazzolo?
6: So we met him this morning outside his Orlando office.
7: Did you pay for escorts for Congressman Matt Gates? Can you tell us about your relationship with Matt Gates?
6: He told us no comment. A conservative activist now authorized to speak on behalf of Gates told CBS News in part, quote, Representative Gates has never paid for sex, nor has he had sex with an underage girl. What began with blaring headlines about sex trafficking has now turned into a general fishing exercise about vacations and consensual relationships with adults. The Justice Department, Nora, declined to comment on our new reporting.
2: Major Garrett, with all that new information, thank you. We want to turn now to the border crisis. Tonight, more than 20,000 unaccompanied minors are in U.S. custody. And it's not just children arriving. Border Patrol just posted this picture of 130 people arrested in Arizona. Most are from Central America, where conditions are desperate. CBS's Manuel Borges has more now from Guatemala. So
5: this would be full of leaves. And this is the coffee Uh bean. no No good these crops were Ruben Che and his family's livelihood. He's one of many farmers in the Guatemalan highlands devastated by back-to-back hurricanes last fall that barreled through the region with intensity and rainfall believed to be magnified by climate change. Lost everything. lost everything, houses and the crops. His coffee and cardamom farm flooded, all he's ever known instantly underwater. A Ruben tells me he took out a bank loan to plant new seeds, Nothing has grown but his debt. So you have a debt, you have no way of repaying it. Porque no sale cosecha, because your crops are ruined. Every day, he says, he gets at least two calls looking to collect from him. He knows more than 50 people in the same situation. There's always been migration from Central America to the United States. Is climate change really driving more? What happens is that climate change is coming on top of previous uh, problems like poverty, food insecurity. Edwin Castellano studies climate change at the University of the Valley in Guatemala.
4: Not only we are seeing these extreme events in terms of too much rain, we are also seeing the opposite in terms of too little rain.
5: The road to Ruben Che's farm is littered with promises of the better future that put him into debt in the first place. A bank loan for a farmer's dream. Now another sign entices him. A smuggler advertising a trip to the U.S. No money to go, but your thoughts are maybe to head north. It would mean another debt of thousands of dollars and leaving behind his wife and five-year-old son. Both Ruben and Professor Castellanos point out that farmers do not want to leave their homes and investments that actually reach their communities can make a difference. The U.S. Agency for International Development has announced that it is sending an emergency response team to the region to look for ways to ramp up assistance. Nora?
2: Manny Bohorkas in Guatemala, thank you. Tonight, we're following some serious storms rumbling through the south. Four million people are under tornado watches with a possible twister on the ground in Louisiana. Some of the storms are going through Arkansas right now with wind gusts of close to 80 miles an hour. Some sad news tonight about America's favorite zookeeper. Jack Hanna's family says the animal expert and TV host has been diagnosed with dementia and will retire from public life. He's 74 years old. His son says Hanna's sense of humor still shines through, and his infectious enthusiasm will, of course, always be his legacy. Politics is supposed to be about public service. And some of that has been lost lately. But for one congressman, it's his day job that really gives back. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian.
8: When Congress is out, the doctor is in.
2: Thank you for being here.
8: California Congressman Raul Ruiz is an emergency room physician trading in a suit coat for a lab coat to vaccinate his own constituents. So what was it like for you to be able to put an actual shot into an arm?
6: For me, it's uh, it's doctoring. It's going back to my heart and soul.
8: His heart and soul is his desert district outside of Los Angeles. Nearly half of the population is Hispanic, but they comprise 65 percent of COVID infections and only 19 percent have gotten the vaccine.
6: I'm from that very same community of medically underserved individuals. My parents are farm workers. I always dreamed of being a doctor and coming back and serving the underserved. Ruiz
8: suffered from coronavirus earlier this year and just got vaccinated. Now he's administering hundreds of doses.
6: It's not just the mechanics of giving a a vaccine. It's providing hope. I love doing it as a congressman. To show that that government needs to work for the people. To give them a fair shot. Finally, (laughs) Dr.
2: Nicole Killian, CBS News, Capitol Hill. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how the deadly carjacking of an Uber driver in D.C. is shining a spotlight on an increase in attacks across the country. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you tomorrow night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app.